Hey, happy Friday. You're listening to After All Things, WSHU's daily news and culture update from the Long Island Sound region. Long Island will largely be left out of a redrawing of state district lines. Connecticut will tackle a slew of transportation-related bills. Suffolk County leads the nation in a tick-related allergy. And a Waterbury art exhibit captures feelings about a changing environment. Those stories and more are coming up. I'm Sabrina Garone. New York is one step closer to getting new congressional lines again. John Campbell reports Democrats are in line for a minor boost, largely leaving New York City and Long Island alone. The Bipartisan Independent Redistricting Commission approved a new layout for the state's 26 congressional districts. And while there are few changes, a key swing district near Syracuse picked up more Democratic turf. Charles Nesbitt is the Republican vice chair of the panel. He says the plan is a good compromise between the two parties. Despite whatever either one of us might think of the shortcomings of the map individually, it's a wonderful result for the people of the state of New York. The Democrat-dominated state legislature will vote on the map later this month. If lawmakers vote it down, the Democratic majorities would step in to redraw the map, which could draw another Republican lawsuit. In Albany, I'm John Campbell for the New York Public News Network. Connecticut's Transportation Committee will consider legislation to deal with street takeovers, lower the blood alcohol limit for drivers, and increase fares on public transit. WSHU's Molly Ingram reports the committee voted unanimously to raise 24 concepts for future bills. The vote to raise a concept doesn't mean a lawmaker is in favor. It means they want a public hearing on the bill. The Transportation Committee voted to allow public hearings on issues like street takeovers, requiring seatbelts on school buses, and suspending driver's licenses for unpaid fees. Senator Christine Cohen is the committee chair. We want to ensure that residents have fast, reliable, equitable transportation options and, you know, making sure that they can get to where they need to go in a sustainable and safe manner. Um, I think you'll find that these concepts are really focused there. The committee's first public hearing will be on February 26th. The agenda, including which bills can be testified on, will be released before the meeting. Molly Ingram, WSHU News. A new report on housing in New York State finds millions of residents spend a disproportionate amount of their income on housing. Ian Pickus has more. Although there is disagreement over the details of how to address it, most elected officials point to housing as a top concern in New York. According to a new report by Democratic State Comptroller Tom DiNapoli, almost 3 million New Yorkers face housing costs that take up more than 30 percent of their household income and 20% are spending more than half of their income on housing. We're not building housing at the same rate as so many other states, so uh, supply has been constricted. But I think one of the key messages in our report also is to recognize that the federal government has to play a larger role. DiNapoli says that puts New York near the top of the scale, with acute effects in the Mid-Hudson Valley and Long Island, plus urban centers around the state. In Albany, I'm Ian Pickus for the New York Public News Network. Local artist Matt Wood says the visual arts are a great way to start conversations about climate change. We'll hear more in just a bit. First, a message from our supporter.
Local support comes from Hartford HealthCare, the only health system in the Northeast, with all its hospitals receiving A grades for safety from the LeapFrog Group, the nation's leading independent safety watchdog group, hartfordhealthcare.org. The city of Bridgeport has reported nearly 10,000 drivers illegally passed stopped school buses during the first six months of the school year. The city's school bus camera safety program says this is a threat to student safety commuting to and from school. Bridgeport Mayor Joe Gannam is urging state lawmakers to pass legislation allowing the city to issue fees and penalties. Long Island Congressman Andrew Garbarino called Eastern Long Island an epicenter for alpha-gal syndrome. It's a potentially life-threatening allergic reaction to a sugar found in red meat, and it can be triggered by tick-borne illnesses. Suffolk County leads the nation with about 4% of all cases, according to the CDC. The bipartisan Recognize AGS Act would allow a greater reporting of cases by the CDC, because unlike other tick-borne illnesses like Lyme disease and anaplasmosis. AGS is not currently a nationally notifiable condition. Fairfield County is among the top 40 in the nation for the number of migrant children placed in adult care after crossing the U.S. southern border. The county connected over 130 unaccompanied minors with sponsors last year. The Connecticut Institute for Refugees and Immigrants emphasized the importance of human trafficking awareness. Sea Change, Sea Change, that's S-E-A like the ocean and then S-E-E, is an art exhibit that brings awareness to the health of the oceans. It's on display now at Mattituck Museum in Waterbury, Connecticut. I had a chance to speak with local artist Matt Wood about how art can capture feelings about climate change. Tell me about your involvement in Sea Change, Sea Change. Um, Where did the idea for this originally come from? Uh, During COVID, I did a a series of small iceberg pieces. But what struck me was um, how incredible people's responses were to these small paintings. And then then it occurred to me, uh, and it was the most wonderful memory that came back to me, that almost everything that I was using as reference for these small paintings came from a trip that it was a gift from my stepdaughter. Uh, She she paid for a trip for my wife and I to go to Iceland in 2017 and absolutely life-changing. I mean, if it weren't so expensive, it should be compulsory (laughs) for everybody to go to a place like that to see, because it's an island, it's manageable, but what you see there is exactly what's going on with our climate and with the warming of the, the atmosphere. There's icebergs breaking off from the, the Antarctic shelf that are the size of Rhode Island, wow. you know, it, it just, it's just, it, we can't fathom what's going on. But when you see images like that, it, it gives you a little bit of a, like a, a taste of what's happening. We, we can be, we could be shamed into changing policies and doing this and that that are mandated. Uh, but really, we, we divide ourselves mm-hmm. and we're doing that more and more and more. What we need to do is, is find, I don't know, somewhere some common ground. And that's one of the reasons in my exhibit 
when when I thought about this theme, I realized it can't ju- be just me. It mm-hmm. has to be different voices with with coming at it from a different perspective. It's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing to see. The Matatuck is a incredible museum. This museum could be in any big city in the United States. Mm-hmm. And and the Matatuck is doing incredible outreach mm-hmm. to the community and underserved community and to everybody around. And, and really, I'm so grateful they're there. That's exciting. Um, I want to go back to what you were saying before about climate change being like such a, such a divisive issue. I totally agree with that. Um, you know, I think that um, a lot of climate reporting tends to be a little bit doom and gloom and can cause a lot of stress and anxiety for people. Um, can you speak to how maybe visual art could be a better way of conveying messages about climate change and the health of our environment and the oceans? I think when art is at its best, artists respond to their time. And the art that I respond to from the past that is speaking about the times that they are living in is is generally not overtly like hitting you on the head with whatever the issue was that was going on at the time. It's creating a masterpiece or a, a moving piece of art that causes you to think. It does it doesn't force a lesson down your throat like an advertisement or a politician or someone else will. Mm-hmm. They, they they cannot nuance things. A poet can definitely an artist can. They can draw you in. And then when you start to look closely, hopefully it'll evoke questions. And then what you do is you search out answers. There's so much to be gathered outside of where we're being led to look for answers. But I think it's more lasting when that leads to, to you educating yourself. And, and then you're prepared to go out and have a discussion with somebody. Aside from the iceberg paintings uh, featured in the exhibit, you do a lot of other work as well. And um, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I feel like a lot of what you do seems to be inspired by the environment here in Connecticut and and maritime culture around here. Um, Could you speak to maybe how and where you find inspiration more locally? Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, I built this vessel that's in the exhibit it's it's pretty much in the form of a canoe, uh, and it's made out of wood salvaged from job sites that I've been at. And all of the icebergs in there are are created from solid foam insulation that was discarded at job sites. So it's uh, it, you know, and, and and in that way, you're not like elevating yourself. What you're doing is physically bringing yourself closer to the earth. All this discarded material that connects like me to it because I know it's out there. And then secondly, when I bring it back up, sometimes all that's left is the patina of this painting or drawing that I thought was really kind of cool. Now it's so much better, but when people look at it, they're going to see that's dirt from Litchfield County or that's moss or whatever whatever might be on the piece. And then on the the vessel, you know, I, I had people come into the exhibit and, you know, part of the tabletop from their house that they'd thrown away is now part of this vessel. So, you know, they, they come into the show and they go, oh, there's part of my kitchen. And, but then they get to walk around and, and see other artists kind of interpreting uh, such an important issue. So, yeah, th- that's how I feel connected. I also, I just, 
It's just a pretty cool place to live, I got to admit. Again, I was speaking there with local artist Matt Wood. Sea Change, Sea Change is on display at Mattituck Museum through May 19th. For the latest news from Long Island and Connecticut, you can listen on the radio or stream anytime with the WSHU app or on our website, WSHU.org. After All Things is supported by Hartford HealthCare. And whether it's news, classical music, or podcasts like this one, they're all made possible with support from our listeners. So please, if you like what you hear, consider making a donation to our station or even becoming a member. All the info on how to do that is there for you on our website. I'm Sabrina Garone. Have a great rest of your evening and a wonderful weekend. I'll talk to you on Monday.